As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Krish Subramanian, co-founder and CEO of Chargebee, grew up in India in a conservative household. He's now married with two young boys, but we're going to start a little farther back in his journey because curiosity and a desire to fully understand problems are a big part of his story. Yeah, it was when he was 25 and he was working for Tata Consultancy Services when he took his first trip outside of India. He was visiting their client, AXA Global, in Paris. Tata is a large consultancy, and they sent him on assignment for four months where he would work in-house at AXA Global. Even before he gets there, his adventure starts. An adventure that would set the course for what we now know as Chargebee. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka and Mike Belsito. So before he even leaves India, he ends up on a historic flight. 
It was the first Delta Airlines flight from Chennai to Paris. There's a huge party on the runway. Elephants are brought out in celebration. Um, and the first day I actually left here, that was the first ever flight for Delta Airlines from Chennai to Paris. It was an inauguration. And then they brought elephants to the runway. One elephant to the runway to garland the pilot. And so they delayed the entire thing by a couple of hours. It was crazy. But Krish is freaking out. Keep in mind, this is the first time that he's ever left India. He's traveling to a culturally unfamiliar country. They've ambitiously scheduled him with his first big meeting just hours after landing. So every minute counts at this point. The flight ends up being delayed by two hours. Two very crucial hours. I'm going to get into this flight and uh, I had the client and uh, it was the the first account that we were winning and uh, my over-eager relationship manager had set up the meeting by noon of that day. So he lands in Paris, the first time traveling internationally. He's taken six months of French, but hardly fluent, and he finds himself alone, lost, late, and confused. He's standing outside the Parisian metro, unsure of which way to go. I realized that I do not know how to go to this place because I've never been in a Paris metro. And it was like really strange experience. I get into the metro and then he really said, okay, the trains are actually going both ways. Now I do not know which direction I'm supposed to go. Um, and then I had to change trains. And that was actually, again, weird, right? You are entering like sub underground uh, subway navigation. First time ever in a city where you're already late by three, four hours. It was a very bizarre experience the first day. It was crazy. He finally arrives three or four hours late and luckily acts understood. Now, he's one of the only Indian employees in his office of 300 people. Everyone speaks French, but one of the biggest differences were how men and women would interact in this office. In India, when Krish was growing up, men and women would never touch. That was just part of the culture and how he was raised. But in Paris, things were much different. Men and women kiss on the cheek to greet each other. Things like shaking hands and hugging are are cultural norms. So he had to quickly adjust. Which he did. But it opened his eyes to just how different cultures can be in different parts of the world. Suddenly, his world just got a little bit bigger. I was that. It was surprising first time that you actually greet like like a, a kiss in the cheek, right? Especially women. And you experience it first time. And then I couldn't wait to actually call up my mom and tease him. Now, his mother, when she heard about this, she had one wish. <laughs> I called her up to tell her. She was like, um, okay. And she did not know what to say. I guess she was just praying that I would come back a bachelor or something like that. Now, while there were many differences, there were also similarities. Since the 1600s, the British Empire colonized India. They have a long storied history that has been described by people like the Indian PM Sashi Tharoor as an event that destroyed India. <laughs> you know, really, the British came to one of the richest countries in the world, uh, accounting for 27% of global GDP in 1700, uh, 23% in 1800, and over 200 years of exploitation, depredation, loot, and destruction reduced it to a poster child for third world poverty, uh, just over 3% of global GDP, 90% of the population living below the poverty line when the British left in 1947, a literacy rate, you speak of education, a literacy rate below 17% and a life expectancy of 27. The growth rate of British India from 1900 to 1947 was 0.001%. That's what they were doing while draining the country of taxes and resources. This colonization lasted until June 15th, 1947, when the British House of Commons passed 
the Indian Independence Act, or the Mountbatten Plan, which divided India into two dominions, India and Pakistan. 600 miles away in Delhi, Independence Day was also a day of rejoicing. Tumultuous crowds filled the streets, celebrating, singing and laughing. Police were called out many times to restore order, where everyone ran wild with joy. Outside the Constituent Assembly, crowds again broke through the police cordon. From the balcony of the building, Pandit Nehru, India's first Premier, urges the crowd to let the procession move through. Earl Mountbatten's car was surrounded by thousands... Even after regaining its freedom, parts of British culture have become fabrics of Indian culture today. And cricket, one of those threads, is what initially built a bridge for Krish to find common ground with some of his co-workers. And, and we had one common thing between all three of us to actually chat about, and that was cricket. Uh, we were <laughs> and because there was this Ashes, uh, which is a hundred-year-old rivalry between Australian cricket team and uh, English cricket team that was going on at that time. And uh, surprisingly, after 21 years of thrashing, England was on the upswing and uh, they were like super happy about it. And uh, we couldn't wait to actually talk about this. So these discussions gave Krish an excuse to speak English. And at home I speak Tamil. And of course, for three, four months, the only time I could speak Tamil was on the phone. Uh, this was 2005. Then the and English, even for English conversations, then I had to depend on like one Australian and a Britisher to talk in English. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. Dot com. That's business.att.com. Now, back to the show. But there was one other time of day where he would get a chance to experience Parisian culture up close. Each day, the team would get together for a long lunch. This is an hour or two. And it was at these lunches that his teammates would have a chance to ask him about his homeland, India. And even though the British ruled much of India, the French also had some small colonies, most notably Puducherry, which is just south of Chennai. Now, they would all ask him if there really were a lot of buffalo where he grew up. So are there a lot of buffalo where he grew up? <laughs> it's a pretty strange question to ask. And then I'll be like, yeah, I come from the land of buffaloes, yes. No, not at all. He realized that on French TV, related to Puducherry, they were only showing the slums and the underdeveloped parts of India so that they could raise money for nonprofits who were providing aid in India. So they would show these buffalo farms as part of the slums and the low-income work available. So this is really where Krish formed his early opinions of the world. But he realized that not everything he'd learned, not everything he was taught – was always the truth about people's individual experiences. It did, because it feels strange first time, right? You And then you get used to it, and then you actually understand that this is how it's another part of the world, in another part of the world. Like, this is how people are different. Cool. And a period of time, what happened to me was you grew up with a very fixed mindset or rather fixed opinions about a lot of things. Uh, you are taught in a very different way. And then you suddenly start traveling, you explore the world, and then you realize that your parents were probably actually more wrong more times, right? And the things that they taught you, your teachers were wrong, right? 
and then your world suddenly opens up that you you suddenly your mindset shifts from a fixer mindset to an open mindset right uh, uh, rather a, a growing growth mindset where you are be you are more open to being wrong more times than uh, optimizing for being right more times Uh, and that's a fascinating journey. So early on, he developed this intense curiosity about other cultures, and he found that there was only one real way to travel in order to dive in as deep as he'd like to. And and the solo journey is more important because if you are actually sharing the journey with more people, uh, and if you are actually traveling with a group or with friends and all that, you tend to actually not observe this closely. And I'm actually very fortunate to have traveled to many of these places all alone and uh, and explored it uh, myself except with books and then you suddenly realize that you have nothing but silence. You watch, you observe and you can only change opinions because you're already shocked that everything that you actually know to be true many of these things are actually not so true. But he doesn't have that luxury as much anymore. Now he has a wife and two sons, boys that are growing up and they themselves are becoming more curious about the world. So when he travels today, they're wondering why. Uh, today morning I was telling my uh, elder one, elder son that uh, um, I'm actually going to New York uh, and San Francisco. And then his first question was, why are you going all the time? Why are you just going to US all the time? <laughs> and then I said, that is where most of our customers are. then he said then why don't you ask them to come here um then i said it doesn't make sense uh because there are 10 20 of them i'll meet in a single trip so it is more efficient that i go and meet them uh, then he was like but then put them all on the same plane um and <laughs> it was a weird question right <laughs> and but a very cool one uh, then i told him <laughs> yeah very honest man then i told him Yeah but we do that but I told him hey but guess what yesterday you wanted uh, uh, pizza and uh, we ordered the pizza and you had the customer so they delivered they delivered it to our home and then he was like yes then immediately said but we also went to the pizza place to eat a couple of times i said yes but that's only because we wanted it hot uh, and we wanted the experience then he said but we also went to uh, this place called uh, uh, little italy uh, here in chennai i said yes um, uh, but you like your pasta cook you wanted to see how they make pasta and uh, really right before his eyes how they they really make it like you can see that and i wanted to show it to him and that's why we went to the place and he said ah yes uh, but we also ordered uh, little from italy literally and then they served it at home uh, so if you are a customer you have the choice Uh, in terms of how you uh, want to do this and then he was like mm, okay <laughs> okay that's very cute so he's still finding some time to travel in fact later this season we're going to follow him as he travels to new york and san francisco to meet with customers and investors but first let's get back to his early days he works for tata for a couple more years but he eventually finds himself ready to start his own venture now initially they didn't know what they wanted to build but they had a core group of people who really wanted to work together. They realized that subscription billing was a problem for many organizations and decided they were the team to take it on. It was in one of his co-founders sweltering studio apartments in the middle of Chennai that they actually founded the company that would eventually grow to 150 employees spanning multiple continents. When we started off it was uh, four of us founders, all of us software engineers. 
and uh, we had this apartment we had rented for and uh, my co-founder was living there for about 7 8 years um and we when we decided to start up we just took that apartment put a and so what they did was they took the studio apartment and they put a screen put a right screen down there. the middle so there was the bedroom <laughs> and then the apartment office. and said okay so this side is your home this side is the office and then we put some four tables got our laptops and they set up everything else in the cloud so they were good to go so we had to put a, an air conditioner in that room and uh, a fan uh, and some backup gen uh, electricity and then because there was so many of them working in the studio apartment they had to set up backup generators because the power would go out often which is obviously a huge problem what i love about krish while many people at early startups are strategically vying for position krish didn't even want to be the ceo in fact no one on the team did It wasn't until they went out to raise money that he begrudgingly took the title. I still remember the first investor meeting where I went in because simply because I was a guy who had taken up everything that is not technology so related. So at one point he finds himself in a meeting with investors because he was kind of the guy that did everything. Kind of like the CEO. But he had never actually owned the title. They asked, okay, so who is the CEO? And then I was like, uh, we haven't talked about it, right? And I was They hadn't talked about it because no one actually wanted to, say, to do I'm it. And he didn't want to say, I'm not the CEO, because then who's he going to call? Who do I send? <laughs> and since that time, Chargebee has grown and grown. They most recently raised an $18 million Series C led by Insight Venture Partners with participation from Excel Partners and Tiger Global Management. And now, Krish is looking to expand his company globally. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Now, back to the show. They already have a presence in San Francisco, but he's looking at other cities and countries so he can have sales teams closer to where his customers live. And this is common for many companies, and in this case, it certainly is the next logical step in Krish's story too. So what city will be next for Chargebee? Will they be able to release a brand new product line? And what will he learn from meeting customers in person? Well, we will find out this season on Rocketship. Coming up next week, it's sprint week. That's right. We're going to take a quick break from these stories about Krish and others to bring you behind the scenes of a design sprint for Kevin Rose's app Zero. They're working with the design agency AJ and Smart to determine their next 6 to 12 month roadmap. And they'll be rapidly planning and prototyping ideas for the app and getting them in front of real users all in under a week and we are going to be bringing it to you pretty much in real time. And coming up in chapter 5 of this season on Rocketship, we follow Gunto, Krish and Lee on the first part of their product journeys. It's exciting stuff where preparation meets execution. Coming up only on rocketship.fm. Thanks so much for tuning into season 5 of rocketship.fm for the next couple months we're going to be taking you deep into these stories and we're incredibly excited to do that for you. We're also proud to now be part of the Podglomerate network. So, if you'd like to check out more great Podglomerate shows, go to thepodglomerate.com. And man, there's a ton. So, if you like what you hear, leave us a review. We always love it and we'll see you back here next week.